Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Last Spin Podcast. My name is Mike, and as always with me every week, Dylan Godino, the editor-in-chief of LaughSpin.com, the greatest comedy news website here on God's green earth. Oh, do go on, Mike. That's, do what, go on. that's what I say, damn it. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm Good. doing all right. I'm enjoying a uh, a Goose Island summertime ale what, what, uh, from where? Chicago. Are you familiar with them? No. Should I be? Are they good? I don't, I don't know. I I just recently got back into drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, not a whole ton, but I but I but I do enjoy a beer every once in a while. So I just I go to the liquor store and I I pick out labels that look pretty and interesting. Yay! You shop like a fourteen year old girl. That's great. It's- Pretty much, pretty much. Right. Enjoy your Uh, booze, my friends. I'm going to be partaking a little bit later, but right now, big thing coming out of the gate, though, is this whole thing with Adam Carolla. It's it's caused some stir. It's caused a little bit of stir. He had a statement recently where he came out and said that uh, while he doesn't hate working with women, quote, they make you hire a certain number of chicks, and they're always the least funny on the writing staff. Going on to say, if my daughter, again, quote, if my daughter has a mediocre sense of humor i'm just gonna tell her be a staff writer for a sitcom because they'll have to hire you they can't really fire you and you don't have to produce that much it'll be awesome unquote we were talking about this a little bit last i guess it was last week um, yeah when we were talking about the tv guide network putting out that all women comedy show yeah and at this point i'm surprised anybody really gives it the levity that it's getting because it's almost its own joke at this point, the whole debate, and I put that in quotes, of whether women are funny. It's kind of turned into its own joke. It's kind of turned into, right. you know, your mama's so fat jokes <laughs> in, in a way. So right. I understand why it's causing a stir because people that do seem to get offended easily will take stuff like this and will just run with it until they can find as many people as possible that share their point of view. But at the same time, to me, it's not any different than somebody saying stuff about fat people working at mcdonald's i understand i'm not really like oh my god that's crazy he's in trouble uh, you know whatever i don't are you i mean are you familiar i i've never really listened to his podcasts i don't sure. know i mean i know i know he's been in in trouble before for saying what a lot of people perceive as sexist things do you listen to his podcast at all i do uh, what's his deal he is really really funny as far as when he gets a topic that he's well-versed in, he can go off and he can talk unscripted for 40 minutes about whatever and have some really funny shit and semi-insightful things to say. Uh, He's definitely a trailblazer in the whole podcast community. And I think that that is the main reason is because if you're going to want to sit down and actually make yourself listen to somebody for an hour, 40 minutes, whatever, next to us... (laughs) (laughs) i think you really want somebody who is very very talented at just that being able to sit down like he has other people in the studio with him and he's got he's got a ridiculous studio i've if i've ever seen pictures of him online you know he's he's built his own studio it's amazing for a podcast but if it was just him sitting at his desk like i am right now just talking to a microphone kind of like how bill burr does his right you know by the way bill burr's is very underrated because he's just as i think he's just as good at, like I said, sitting in front of a microphone and being able to talk and entertain for 45 minutes to an hour, Carolla can do it. Carolla can absolutely do it. So he's he's good. It's not appointment listening for me. Do you know right, what I'm saying? Right. But I will listen occasionally when he has a good guest 
and when something like this comes along where it's like oh man i, I want to hear the rest of that because i guarantee there's other stuff in there that's pretty funny or funnier than what they quoted yeah and this is the thing he's got a new book out and he's promoting this book and this is what he told the post the new york post ran this if joy behar or sherry shepherd was a dude they'd be off tv they're not funny enough for dudes what if roseanne barr was a dude think we'd know who she was so I don't know. I was just on Twitter before we hit record here. And there's, you know, there's a lot of chatter and a lot of female comedians, understandably pissed off. Sure, um, yeah, of course. And I get it. And it's it's the type of thing where, like, you don't want to give him attention because that's exactly, you know, what he wants. And God knows if he actually believes half of what he says, you know. Right. You know, he's trying to sell a book. He's has he become a caricature of himself? Do these, you know, these pundits that go off on the deep end, do they, you know, believe really what they're saying or are they just trying to stay relevant? I admit, I don't know much about Corolla or his podcast. So, I, you know, I don't want to. Is the book, he wrote a book called something like, In 40 Years, We're All Going to Be Chicks. No, and that's not this I don't one. Know. It's something about. I purposely didn't look it up and put it into uh, our little outline here because okay. I didn't want to give him any more. Well, I know, like, I don't know if it's this one, but I, I know a previous book that he wrote was titled that or something. Yeah, along no, those lines it's not. It's not that one. Okay, so it's it's a subject that he's. This isn't the first time that he said something. Is it a slow news day, and then all of a sudden this gets picked up? Maybe. I don't know if he's really at a caricature of himself yet. Maybe I don't know. It, it depends on your point of view, I guess. But I think the joke has become a caricature of, of itself. Yeah. The joke of bashing on women comedians. I'm not defending it one way or another. All I'm saying is that it's a joke. It's fat jokes. It's racist jokes. It's the same shit over and over again. Hit them back. Don't get offended because that's the worst thing you can do, especially if you're a female comedian. Right. Especially if you're a female comedian. Don't get all huffy and and cross your arms and sit in a corner because that's exactly what he wants. Yeah. You know, for any comedian, once you know you got somebody, you really hit below the belt. For them personally, oh man, does that feel good? (laughs) (laughs) That is what you're looking for because nobody's offended until it hits close to home. But if you can laugh at yourself and hit them back with something else, joke about his podcast, about how he may have spent millions of dollars, but he's still in his mom's basement or something, you know, anything, whatever. I don't know. That's a (laughs) that's a terrible joke, but I'm just saying anything to hit him back. That's what you do. That's that's what comedy is all about. I think. But yeah. it's one of these things where it may be a slow news day. It just got picked up, and, and somebody's going to pick it up and pass it along until they get enough people thinking the same way or just as offended as they are to have some kind of rallying cry. And, and, and it's just – it's not – I don't think it has any place. But he has a pattern of this. He's, this is kind of a theme. This is kind of a running gag. And it's like, okay, you know, wh- what do you expect at this point? Like, just go with it. There's no use getting offended, I don't think. Anyway, that's our little banter for the beginning, which I like. I, I actually like these. <laughs> I like these now. We you, we're doing this. This is kind of a new thing that you've done in the past couple of weeks. You kind of give you kind of give a little little debate that we can throw back and forth, and it's been, yeah, been pretty cool I, thus far. I like how you explain that that this was our the banter for the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing like telegraphing. <laughs> it's like when a comedian it, it it's. I hate, this is a pet peeve of mine. Go ahead. When a comedian gets on stage and says, oh, this if that one offended you, this next one is going to just tell your fucking jokes. Right, yeah. Anyway, let's get on <sighs> to some news, Mike. What happened? News. Comedy news. Nikki Glaser, Sarah Schaefer land their own MTV show. 
Yeah, speaking of gals. Huge. This is this is another one, another uh, podcast coming to TV, which is, I detect a pattern here. Yeah, it's not exactly the, the, the podcast. The podcast definitely had a lot to do, I'm sure, with, with them getting picked up by MTV. They have, if you don't know, comedians Nikki Glaser and Sarah Schaefer have this really popular podcast called You Had to Be There, and now it's turned into a full-fledged series for MTV. Late night show. It's going to air once a week. We don't know what day yet, but it's going to air once a week, 11 p.m. Celebrity interviews, a man on the street, pre-taped packages, jokes, sketches, all that good stuff. Talked to Nikki. She told me uh, we begin production in, in the early fall. And although it's all spe- speculative at this point, we'll probably air in early 2013. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. These two comedians definitely uh, deserve the success they've, they've gotten. Very good for MTV getting back into the fold with some comedian-based comedy shows. They're getting progressive, MTV. What's next? Music? What? (laughs) Stop it. Leave that to the Country Music Television Network. That's what I say. Dude, CMT, they're running with comedy, too, you know. I know. They're running stand-up specials. Everyone wants in on on comedy. Yoo-hoo! Ding! All right, next. Paul F. Tompkins, taping a pilot for Comedy Central. Yeah. Uh, Comedy Central's so, yeah. nightcap. Spe- spe- speaking of new shows, yeah. So Thursday, June 28th, if you're in the L.A. area, I'm sure the tickets are already gone, so I don't even know why I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. The point is, <laughs> according to the show description, it is, quote, a humorous and interactive look at the world of popular culture as Paul and a recurring group of his funny friends offer their unique take on the most talked about stories of the day. Yay. So, yeah, so hopefully the taping goes well on the 28th, and hopefully Paul F. Tompkins gets a show on Comedy Central. That would be very fun. He has, have you been watching uh, Comedy Bang Bang on IFC? Yes, I watched one episode. Was uh, Paul F. Tompkins on that episode? It was not the PFT app, no. No. He did a really good job, and that kind of introducing him to a lot more newer people, which is great, because you're kind of putting a face to the voice now. And yeah. hopefully, yeah, like you said, this one will catapult him a little bit farther and you'll get a uh, Paul F. Tompkins show on Comedy Central coming soon. Speaking of, I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a great segue. You Speaking know. of Alec Baldwin and David Letterman. Speaking of talking about things, Alec Baldwin <laughs> got a chance to interview David Letterman for his podcast. There you go. There's the connection. Podcasts over and over again. Go. Here's the thing, which, if you haven't heard it, it's really, really good. I actually really like it. It's one of the it's one of the only non comedy centric podcasts that I listen to, mainly because Alec Baldwin's voice is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> he's great on Thirty Rock. He's funny. Um, he's awesome in movies, but you never really notice it until you're all you have left is listening to his voice because usually you're lost in his eyes. At least I am. He does you know, have dreamy you know eyes. What I'm saying? His voice is amazing, and we will hear that firsthand right now as we got a chance to interview the elusive David Letterman for a 45-minute interview. That's that's unheard of, actually. This, this is really, really breaking stuff. Definitely check this out if you have not. It's called Here's the Thing is Alec Baldwin's podcast, and this is just a little snippet of... Baldwin talking to, to uh, Letterman. What what is he talking about in this clip? I, I I didn't get a chance to listen to all. I'll, of it. Re- 
the early days of Late Show and the evolution uh, of the show and where it is now. And and by the way, we have the entire interview on Laughspin. So this is a little, just a little taste. But in the old days, we just were going uh, 20 hours a day. We'd be out on the streets. We'd be going to New Jersey. We'd be up all night shooting and uh, there would be contests. And I can't do that show anymore. Right. The more successful the show has become and the more successful you have become, do you find that in terms of programming the show, you have to rely more on stars? Is yeah. there a kind of person? Yeah. It's, you, it's completely different. In the beginning, when we, we started the, uh, the late night show at uh, NBC, we had a liaison between Johnny Carson and ourselves named Dave Tebbett. He had worked at NBC and then had become close with Johnny. And so Johnny hired him. And he was a guy who, honest to God, talked like this. <laughs> Dave came in to make sure there were no conflicts between our show and The Tonight Show. He says, for example, uh, let's just say that Bob Hope is arrested for using drugs. And we just all just, <laughs> just like, really? In what universe is that a likelihood? Right, right, right. And he says, you can't then do jokes about Bob Hope. And we said, OK, all right, we'll get that. We were, were not allowed to use, do a monologue and we were not allowed to have an orchestra. And we also felt that a way to distinguish ourselves, since Johnny had the big stars that people really wanted, we would then kind of have fringe uh, people. That's exactly right. And so we, we sort of mined that vein as much as we could. It was sort of a, a fortunate coincidence that we were prohibited in that, that sense because we weren't really interested in having mainstream people on, too. Again, I don't know how effective it was in, in terms of programming. I don't know if people noticed the difference and appreciated it or just thought, oh, they can't get very good guests. And now it's completely different. It's, you know, stars. Broadway cavalcade of stars. Right. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. I, we're always fighting the Internet, and they seem to be winning. We in terms to, of what? In terms of uh, the small guests, the kid that swims out into the East River and saves a cat or right. but we're always so far downstream from that story by the time it's all over the the internet that there's no point in putting it on wow so so there you go there's just a little taste of Alec Baldwin's interview with David Letterman, and I'm completely right about his voice. His voice sounds like he's reading off of a script, but he's reading made up questions off the top of his head. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a, he's, it sounds like he's doing. He's constantly doing voiceover work for somebody, right? <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> but uh, but wow! Just in that clip alone, going into kind of the past and, and Dave starting and and to even think about his show mingling with the Johnny Carson crew and trying not to butt heads, Dave bowing down to anybody at this point. Is, yeah. is is kind of ridiculous because he's been around and been doing this for so long to hear him say. You're not allowed to do monologues, and Dave just being like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. Not even <laughs> anything to please, anything to please. You know, that, that kind of reaction is just amazing. I'm looking forward to listening to this entire thing. I haven't gotten a chance to it yet, but have you gotten a chance to listen to most of it or no? I've listened to most of it, yeah. I mean, it, it's great. Yeah, yeah so you should definitely check it out. You have a little minor spoiler at the end of the article. You said... Uh, <laughs> Robin Williams factors factors into the rest of a story. Rest oh of the, yeah, uh, well, he, story he, he was telling he told us he told a story about him starting out in stand up comedy and he, and and he told a story about the first time he did stand up on television. So Robin Williams factors into that a little bit. And he ta he talks about his family, you know, his his, his personal life with his, his wife, and he's got an eight year old son and. He cover a lot of ground in 45 minutes. Very cool. Some rare behind-the-scenes stuff from, from David Letterman, so check that out. Alec Baldwin's Here's the Thing. Ricky Gervais announcing new projects and finales of current projects. He's ending, boo, 
his <laughs> HBO series, The Ricky Gervais Show, another podcast. Wow, look at the connection here. Yeah. As yeah. well as his science channel baby, An Idiot Abroad. Boo times two. That's, <laughs> that is terrible. Now, I could watch that show for 15 years. It's amazing. <laughs> Gervais produced travel show starring Carl Pilkling, Pil- God Pilkington. Yeah. Pilkington. I'm terrible with glutal stops in the middle of names. Mm. <laughs> Not after two more specials. He and collaborator Stephen Merchant are also working on the finale of the other show that's on HBO, Life's Too Short, with right. uh, Warwick Davis. We got a chance to TV the whole season, uh, the, the first season, watched it. It really had its moments, had its very Gervais-like moments, kind of dragged at times. Gervais is pretty good at pulling out right at the right time. He can uh, feel the tide and it's time to get out of here and move on to something else. So, But what else has he got coming down the road, though, Dylan? Yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing. It's never a worry for him, I'm sure, because he's never doing one project. He's right. always doing at least... I don't know, two to four projects. So he's already got some new projects. He's doing a full six-episode season of Derek. It's based on the half-hour Channel 4 special that aired earlier this year in the UK. And then uh, Ricky, Carl, and Steven have plans to get together to record new audiobooks. They've done this before, but they're going to film them this time. Who knows? They're going to have probably hundreds of hours of raw footage and maybe Gervais will use it for another television show or, you know, a web series or a, a video podcast. Who knows? The point is, is that we're saying goodbye to three Ricky Gervais projects and saying hello to at least two more. All I beg, Ricky, if you're listening, which you're not, all I beg you is do not deprive us of Carl for too long. We need our Carl fix. I, you do not have to worry about yeah, that. I, I think he knows that. I think he knows that he has found gold. And he needs to exploit it as much as possible. So he so he will. So that's good. Of course he knows that he gave him his own show for Christ's <laughs> sake. It was he amazing. Gave him it's amazing. Show. He spent years <laughs> making fun of him and 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 calling out his oddities on his podcast. And he's like, This is not enough. Yeah. This oh. isn't enough. He needs to give him his own show. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. If you haven't seen that show, you must find it and watch it and devour it because it's great. All right, this does not connect to a podcast, but this does connect to a theme that we seem to have going on a lot lately, and it's really, really terrible, and that is comedian and actress Yvette Wilson loses her battle with cervical cancer, and this happened very recently, best known for her character Andale Wilkerson on Moesha, and it's spin off The Parkers. She was 48, needed a kidney transplant, just, ugh. Yeah. When I heard the news, I'm like, this... This woman is not old no, at all. No. And maybe I thought maybe I was wrong and, you know, she was older, but she's, yeah, she was only 48. Just a workhorse. She was in both of those shows that you mentioned, Moesha and The Parker. She was started in over 200 episodes. She did Deaf Comedy Jam. She was in movies. And, and even if you didn't know, like, who she was, you knew her face mm-hmm. from being, she, she was in House Party 2 and House Party 3, and she was in Friday. She seemed like she was just in everything. Like, sports seems like utility players. She just seemed like a utility comedian slash actress. It's quite a loss. Uh, Yvette Wilson, 48. No more deaths. Cut it out, comedians. Stop dying. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, Comedy Central airing the Bonnaroo comedy special. This is cool. This is great. This is something that I don't think people that go to Bonnaroo, they obviously go for the music. That's the big headliner. But at the same time, the comedy acts that go to Bonnaroo every year get better and better and better. And they do an amazing job with it. And it's really, really coming into its own. And now Comedy Central is giving it the spotlight it deserves with the Bonnaroo Comedy Special. What else you got on that? June 23rd at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, Comedy Central stand-up 
the Bonnaroo Experience. It's going to be an hour-long special. You're going to see comedians like Mark Marin, Natasha Leggero, Andy Daly, Judah Friedlander, and the whole shebang is going to be hosted by uh, Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele of uh, Comedy Central's new show, Key and Peele. Mm-hmm. So June 23rd, 11.30 p.m. Very cool. Oh, oh, oh yeah, and, yeah. I should, and, and I should mention this. After it airs, this is super smart. It's going to be available on Comedy Central on their website as mm-hmm. well as iTunes. The stream goes up two days after it airs on Comedy Central, so June 25th, and it's going to be available for 30 days. So you're going to be able to stream it uh, on iTunes and Comedy Central for a month, which is so cool. If it has potential, they'll do this every year. So this is something that we, you know you should really you should really check out now and and support because you'll see. I mean, Bonnaroo is crazy. It's great. It's a great event for the musicians, but it's also a great time to see some really really good comedians, both ones that you know and 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 ones that are really coming up fast. So. What else? We're going to play some fucking audio. We are going to play some fucking audio. Doug Benson has a, a new album coming out, and you're going to hear a track now before you can get your dirty hands on it. It's called Smug Life. It's coming out July 3rd. If you don't know, Doug Benson, for the last, I want to say, four years, he records an album on April 20th, which is 420, <laughs> which is you know the podheads st patrick's day <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah that's exactly correct and doug benson is a, is a pothead so he records on 420 every year a few months later the album comes out so smug life is coming out july 3rd and this time he did something a little bit different it's a two cd set mm-hmm. and the first cd is done completely sober he calls it uncooked mm-hmm. and then the second cd is him trying to do the same show but really, really high. All right. And so this track is from the uncooked version. I went and got a massage recently at a, uh, right? Isn't it fun to imagine it? Me just all naked laying on a slab. And uh, the, they had a sign at the massage parlor place that said, Top to toe massage. Yeah, yeah, top to toe. So I was like, this sounds like something for me. I like an all-inclusive massage. And I gotta tell you guys, that lady, that masseuse, was a real dick skipper. I definitely thought a dick skipper when I was high and and then had to work my way back like well what what can I say where the punchline could be she was a real dick skipper <laughs> but I don't know what I was thinking thinking I could get a decent massage at a uh, kiosk at the airport <laughs> Very cool. Doug Benson. Wow. That's so that's uh, an album coming out July 3rd and wow. Kind of a dual look at before and after before and after pot. (laughs) That's that sounds great. All right. Things to look out for coming out uh, this week. The season two premiere of Wilford out now. You can check it out on lapspin.com and also to Wilford is coming out coming back again to FX June 28th 10 p.m. But you can watch the first episode of Wilford, Laughspin.com, right now. 
And by the way, I did, yeah. and you should definitely check it out. Robin Williams is a guest star, and if you're if you're into dark comedies, I I love this show. Can't Two. say enough about it. Two Robin Williams references in one show. That's the new record. <laughs> Loving it. To Rome with Love opens June 22nd. Alec Baldwin, Jesse Eisenberg, Penelope Cruz. What is this? I've never heard of this. What is, what's going on with this one? Oh, really? You did, no. Yeah, this is a, you know, it's a, they're in another country and people are talking and they try to have sex with each other. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a novel concept. <laughs> So Rome with Love, Woody Allen's new flick out June 22nd. According to Rotten Tomatoes, a kaleidoscope, a kaleidoscopic comedy movie set in one of the world's most enchanting cities. Nobody has ever said kaleidoscopic comedy movie ever in the history of the planet. That's crazy. I think I got a a, a kaleidoscopic key, a kaleidoscopony, a kaleina. <laughs> you got it. You got it. A Kaleidoscope. A colonoscopy, a kaleidoscopy. <laughs> we got it. No, we we get it. No, we get I it. I got it? Yeah, we got I it. I got it? You got it. One of those words. A, ka- a kaleidoscope shoved up my ass. There you go. And uh, also on the same day, Seeking a Friend for the End of the Universe, uh, Steve Carell and Kira Knightley uh, also comes out, so you should check that out. That's getting a little bit of press nowadays, which is good. Always good uh-huh. to see some commercials for something that is considered indie in that regard. My only question is, does the world actually end at the end of the movie? Let's see. I should sure hope so that'd be fun jim norton new special please be offended premieres june 30th 10 p.m on epics so before we get out of here we want to share a little taste of that and you can read all about it on lastbin.com as well but for now we have a little bit on airport security and i get stopped 70 percent of the time that i'm going through airport security they ask me to step aside they're profiling me and they don't look at me and think islamic terrorism they look at me and think oklahoma 95 (laughs) i look like every disgruntled creepy white shooter And it's mildly annoying at worst. It's not that bad. It doesn't ruin your life. They're like, could you push your arms out, please? And all right, you feel a little self-conscious because you're standing in crucifixion pose. (laughs) And typically, nobody standing like this is doing well at the moment. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the pat-down used to be a quick functionary one, and now it's a little more involved. They come under the wrist and under the armpit, down the torso, around the waist, one hand on the outer leg, one hand up on the inner thigh, and you really want to creep them out when they touch the inner thigh, go, uh, uh. <laughs> Let your legs buckle a little bit. <laughs> Give a sexy laugh. <laughs> And then they press very firmly all the way back down to your ankles to search for weapons. Now, I always uh, wear sweatpants when I fly. And I take Cialis. (laughs) It's the recipe for an amazing moment. At least once every flight, I have to elbow the person next to me and go, But I was in Newark Airport, and it was a younger TSA guy. It's like a younger cop. They're a little overzealous. And he was very firmly pressing down my leg, and I could feel the sweatpants starting to go. And I was going to say something, but I'm like, let it happen. It'll be nice to do this once without getting arrested. And uh, they slid down to about mid-thigh, and I was so annoyed that I had on underwear. 
I'm like, this could have been the greatest moment of my life because he told me to put my arms up. Not only would I not have pulled the sweats up, but I would have opened my legs nice and wide (laughs) so that he couldn't pull them up either. (laughs) Ball's in your court, officer. Little Jimmy, little Jimmy Norton, please be offended. His uh, live show from Cleveland airs June 30th on Epics, 10 p.m. Eastern. Dude, I love Jimmy. He's great. Me too. All right. Uh, where are we? Where, yeah, it's time to go. It's time to go. So give all the plugs, Dylan, please. Uh. Oh, we're there? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was... Did you know that this is our t- this is our 10th episode? It is. Should we get each other something? I got you chlamydia. Oh, you got me that last year, and, the, <laughs> and, and every year after that. Guys, follow us on Twitter. It's very important you do that. Join the over 18,000 people following us at LaughSpin.com. It's where you're going to get updates all the time. Every once in a while, a funny line. <laughs> and uh, check us out on Tumblr, on Pinterest, <laughs> Facebook, that's it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh at you that much because the way you said it was the most self-deprecating I've ever heard anybody say anything. <laughs> <laughs> like I was about to so- start sobbing. <laughs> You're going to get into a tub with a toaster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. Uh, and you can find me also at mastersofnone.com and uh, the other podcast there. So, uh, Dylan, thank you very much. And we will see you all next week right here. Lastman.com podcast. See ya.